This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, proudly sponsored by Dylan's Brewery and the Sky Blue Tavern. Uh, this is Ross Cooper and today I'm joined by David Moore and Dino, the dream team, as some fans would say, uh, at the Dylan's Brewery on, on the match day. And uh, and chaps, Merry Christmas to you both. And uh, it was a very Merry Christmas indeed. Two games, two wins uh, for us to look back on. How are we all doing? I mean, Wardy's going to have your pants down after calling us the dream team. He's not going to like that from whatever sort of mountain range he's up at the moment. Standing dream team. The standing dream team, you know. But yeah, good, mate. It's um, Yeah, it's nice to have a Christmas period talking about some positive results for Sky Blue. It seems like a, a long time ago since we've had a Christmas period where everything's gone right in, the, in terms of results-wise. I think performances have been okay, not great, but... We've done enough to secure six points, which is more than what we could ask for, really. And how about you, Dave? What's your sort of big takeaway from the... I mean, all in all, the last several weeks, it's been pretty positive, obviously, with the, the, the draws against Leeds and Southampton and the win against Birmingham. But yeah, what's your big takeaway from the last sort of couple of fixtures? I think that's it, isn't it? It's just rolled on from from that, that Leeds game. Even before that, we're picking up points at places or perhaps without not playing at our full capacity i still think there's there's more to come and you can't ask for any more the points that we've picked up both away from home um and at home you know a draw against southampton you know they're they're tonking teams at the moment right so it's it's good to be getting points on the board and that form table is is proof that it doesn't take much to start sort of propelling yourselves up into you know towards those playoffs and and actually now people are looking at that sixth spot I think it's going to be very tricky this season but you know we're with a shout whereas I don't think you probably would have given us a dream uh, a little while back are we still banging trouble lads that's what I want to know I think there's enough teams playing badly enough for us to be well out of any of that issues 
personally it could change but um yeah i can't that was actually that was a far more serious response uh dave that, that I, I was expecting from that question that was the biggest baiting question i've, I've ever <laughs> well, heard from dean um and we're not in trouble at all i never thought we would be i predicted third on the uh preview pod and i i think what third for bob no i didn't <laughs> no, third, no third which we're probably not going to get but uh sky bet no, rubbing I, their hands at the thought of that look the, the the nonsense that we had to sort of read the, the recruitment's rubbish the all of this i think anyone you know any reasonable sort of supporter back mark robbins and the only time i was worried was i was sort of more worried for him when we went into that stoke game where a defeat would have seen five defeats in a row because i think for any any manager, there's a bit of pressure, but again, he he knows when to change it. You know, sometimes I think we were all calling for him to change the system earlier than he did, but he never changes it. He never makes it too late. We said this, didn't we, Dean? Pre previewing Sunderland, he he made it, and since then, one defeat in nine, six clean sheets. I mean, and it is clicking. You can see it. Players look at. I mean, you look at the camaraderie. You know, you you read Twitter at the start of the season. People would have you believe that everyone hates each other. And, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's very very positive. Um, Let's it was always going to take time, though, wasn't it? Like, and there's enough time in the season for that to, you know, for for that to be managed, shall we say, in regards to the cohesion, the chemistry, etc. And we showed it, we've showed it in abundance over the the previous seasons in this division. We've always had new blood come in, and it's taken a little bit of time. Maybe not as long as this this period, but it's taken a little bit of time to for everyone to gel. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that now. I mean, you look at the unseen video from uh, oh, after after Boxing Day. You can just see the cohesion. Okay, there might be a few little clicks with Hadji and, and Callum and stuff, but that's nice. I think Callum's bringing out the best in Hadji as well. Yes. That's something I think we should talk about. Um, but it's all sort of coming to the forefront now. Um, and it's you know it's only positive from here and, and upwards, really. I, I've not seen cohesion like that since, you know, the only cohesion similar to that is the Skybiz Extra team, you know. Um, <laughs> I've, I've not seen many, many groups of people, you know, get, get on so well. I mean, and... I guess the thing with it, I mean, obviously, Dave, you know, earlier on in the season when we weren't, weren't getting the results and there was games where we were probably unfortunate, conceded a few late goals. Obviously, people got started getting frustrated with, yeah, the Robin sort of line at the time was obviously it's going to take time. But are we are we seeing now that actually things are clicking? Obviously, the formation has certainly, certainly helped, but it's everything's looking a lot better, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, you know, you go back to those earlier days. I think the mistakes that we were seeing felt like basic football errors and not not always of um could be blamed on the cohesion or the the connection relationship between players. But but actually when you start to boil that down, you look at the defense, now that's solid, you know, that solid back four. You've got um Thomas and kitchen that have played together a lot whereas I think at times Fads was trying to command or or talk through things and and actually you know people just weren't on the same page were they and that's why we're seeing those errors um but I think at the start we were still a bit frustrating at just bad some like bad passing not you know not 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 making passes not making through balls not making runs um but that obviously needed to click and, and we're seeing it you know Haji Wright is 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 a completely different player to to what we've seen in in the majority of the early games, and I think you know there's confidence, there's time on the pitch, there's time on the training pitch with his colleagues, but I think you're right. O'Hare has started to be the glue that it, we needed to link that up. I think there was such a big gap between midfield and attack before because you had people like Jamie Allen trying to play that killer ball, Sheaf was trying to overdo it, whereas now we've got that 
player in the middle of the park that can just, and we lost Palmer, of course, through injury. So he wasn't able to to sort of be that glue. But now we've got someone that can just put their foot on a little ball at that sort of crucial part of the pitch, which is between the middle of the park and and the strike partners. Whereas I think before we were we were leaving both quite exposed. We said that there was massive gaps between. You need a ball carrier there, don't you? That's the thing. That's that's the the main point of that position is to bring the ball forward into a, a more positive position on the pitch. And having O'Hare and now Palmer, who can do that as well, is 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 only going to be a positive for us going forward. And, and having that width, isn't it, as well? Because you know, we've said this about when we had the wing backs. If we had the cam, you know, the number ten get the ball. And if the wing backs wing backs went up, then we then we had nothing, and it felt like it was very very predictable. Whereas now, obviously, we've got Sakamoto on the right and Hadji right on the left. So um, let, let, let's look at Sunderland then. Uh, tremendous three 0 win. Obviously, as me and you, Dean, spoke, I was busy doing my final four impressions of Tom Hanks that day, so I didn't actually see too much. The mustache is gone. The mustache is gone. The mustache is gone. It went it went that day as soon as it was finished. Um, it was gone, but um, but yeah, three 0 win. It was brilliant to see. Uh, I managed to catch the last what, twenty minutes or so. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the lineup was what we all wanted. And and you know, Dave, give me your you know, your, your sort of overall thoughts to to the game. Probably the only negative was obviously Ben Sheaf having to come off just before half time. But all in all, a clinical performance, something that we've not been uh, at times this season. I think with Ben Sheaf, you know, I think he's just been rested. I think he'll be back in the fold. Um, t- tomorrow at Swan, at, uh, you know, against Swansea. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a negative. I-, I thought we didn't play that well in parts. I was, I thought it was a really scrappy game. It was just frustrating to see us giving the ball away, and then they would give the ball away. Um, so there was there was parts of it, but obviously you can't moan about a free free nil win. And so many times we've been in games like that where the other team have taken their chances and we haven't. Um, and we've gone, you know, gone down and lost. Um, whereas actually we did, we were very clinical in the chances that we did get. We created some really good, you know, bits of play and um, you've got to be happy, haven't you? You know, going away to Sunderland, I think everyone was fairly nervous about it, even though they're on a bit of a poor run of form, but it was just the three points that you perhaps weren't expecting. And then you, when you start to add that or compound it with the leads away and the Saints, it's starting to look like a really, really good period. Whereas I think if you'd have probably lost that, you'd be, you know, you'd be happy with a with, with a draw maybe there. But um, to get all three points just you know, was, was unbelievable. Yeah. And, and we spoke about earlier in the season, season fine margins and how I sort of I felt like they weren't going our way. You know, this is a prime example of that game. We win the game three 0 but they missed the absolute sitter at nil nil. And this is what I was talking about earlier in the season. They were going in and we were, you know, coming out the wrong side. We've, we've sort of come out the right side and we've sort of punished that. So, I mean, it was a terrible miss, Dean. I mean, would you put that in the back of the net, you or? Eyes closed, mate. That's easy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say whether the game would have changed at that point. But, you know, it's a, a blatant miss and that's a bit of luck going our way. Like you say, and that's something we haven't had a lot this year. Um, but to, to sort of Dave's point now, I, I I actually think it was one of our worst performances of the season, even through the those dark days early on, um, and those four defeats. I think actually we played better during those that run of four defeats than we did in this game. But it just goes to show, sometimes you don't have to do much to to win matches, um, and we just you know rode our luck and and you know we got a little bit of luck as well with the with the first goal with the ricochet back off tats, but. Um, Overall, you can't moan at that 3-0 victory. I'm not sure how we're getting a seven 
who scored rate, and I think that's probably just skewed by by winning three nil. Um, but you know, happy to come away from from there with with three points, and that really set us up going into Boxing Day, knowing that we could go back to back and you know turn you know, a usually a dim a dim period for us into something positive for for a change. The exactly. goals, the goals were clinical, though, weren't they? I think that's that's the key. We, we've had so many chances before where we've not done that, but and, you know there was some shock in defending, you know, the Palmer goal. But the O'Hare is just we've not done anything like that, have we? At the start of the season, and it just goes to show um, that it it it's it's not a great league at times, is it? Yeah. There, you yeah. don't have to do that much at times to to you know, um, get past teams. And I think that's what we're seeing. And I think that's what we see against teams like Sheffield Wednesday. And and hopefully we'll see against teams like Swansea because you only need, you know, two or three moments of brilliance to to get that goal. And I think, you know, not to repeat, but going back to what you're saying, we didn't do that at the start of the season, but teams were doing that. I think, you know, Leicester away from home, they didn't have a particularly great game against us, but but they're able to, to come up with, you know, two decent finishes. You have to be clinical when the chances arise, and we we took three of the big four that we had in this game, um, which you know is something that you can't really uh, comprehend as a Coventry fan at times. But um, yeah. we've, we've we've done it in this one, and you know it was um, all testament to the team. I thought they worked, they battled hard in this one as well, um, and a, a few standout performances, obviously O'Hare and stuff. But I thought Sims Sims did really really well in this game as well. Um, I mean, I look back at the goals. This morning and the two runs he makes, we probably don't get the space and time for the first two goals unless he makes the run and drags defenders away. So I think he's come into some criticism recently because he hasn't scored. But it's not always about that. If he's making opportunities for other people to score and we're taking them like we have in the last two games, then he's doing his job for me. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's impacting the game and, and you know, you look at the subs coming on, Palmer obviously coming on and, and affecting getting a goal. Jada Silva being able to come on and obviously Josh Eccles was, you know, came on sort of enforced, but Latabodier as well. And suddenly the bench has, has been looking a lot better, hasn't it, for the past few weeks and been able to bring players on who, that I think that competition and that sort of momentum and that camaraderie is clearly affecting people like Palmer coming on and knowing that he needs to make an impact. He needs to contribute something, whether it's an assist, whether it's a goal. And, you know, we talk about... um impact in the game. I think had you right in Sunderland, I mean, the first goal again involved being absolutely like taken down by Luco nine, the, the third goal, although poor goalkeeping, he does plays a really important part in, in being able to shield the ball for Palmer to then stick it in the back of the net. And then obviously for the O'Hare goal, he gets the assist. So I think we want players that that's what we were sort of lacking earlier on is felt like we had too many players sort of out the games for a while, but, but actually we had you right. I think, Big, uh, big praise for him. Um, is Luco Nine the most overrated player in the championship? Yeah, I couldn't believe he was captain. <laughs> he is awful. Yeah, he, I don't know. I don't. He's. I don't know. I've never seen he's... him have a good game ever. No, I'm the same. I, I find it very odd. Um, and he's lauded as like you know the king of the north. The he John is. Stone, he, like, is. He, he is. He's very much like Harry Deegan, isn't he? You know, like sort of just. It's just what, there. Kerry, what the foul look like look like I'm really passionate, but actually the quality yeah. is just just absolutely lacking. Um, I'll what get a the rogue, of the match. What a rogue player to shout out there, Gary Deegan. Gary Deegan, the pit bull, wasn't it? That's why he came. <laughs> he, the self proclaimed pit bull. Um, but uh, let's get man of the match then for that for that game. Then Sunderland. Uh, start with you, Dean. Uh, I'm going to go with O'Hare. And uh, you, Dave? Yeah, I think the same. 
You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, the Sky Blues made it two wins from two uh, with a Boxing Day uh, win against Sheffield United, uh, at Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday um, at, turning into Clive Eakin now. They're all, they're all the same. They're both shite. <laughs> they are, they are. Um, against Sheffield Wednesday, who obviously, they, they lost on the uh, 23rd to Cardiff, but it was sort of unfortunate to do so. Had a sort of semi- revival of some sorts under the new manager um and it was a game that obviously there was a change latibodier coming into midfield and Eccles as well um and matty godden getting a start were you happy you know with those changes um dave you know it was only surprises did were you surprised to see godden get a start or did you expect it with the sort of you know fixture congestion i think that's it i think you just have to keep remembering that there's a lot of fixtures um and you know you need that that rotation um so I, I suppose everyone was a little bit surprised, but um, because Sims hasn't played loads of football, um, so I suppose it was a bit of a surprise. But it, it, it kind of is what it is. The rest of it, I was I was pretty happy with. And and, and you, Dean. I mean, obviously, Latibodier in midfield is something that I think again a lot of fans have been sort of calling for earlier on in the season. You know, when we had the injuries and didn't bring a replacement in for Hamer, and he seemed quite reluctant to do it. But now he's obviously brought him on a few times against Leeds where he can sort of, you know, be that sort of sweeper in that position. And he looked, he didn't look out of place, did he? You know, Mate, starting. He is and class. Yeah, he is. He is he? class. Like, he is the ultimate Swiss army knife, isn't he? He seems to be. Like, he could just literally play anywhere and you're going to get a 7 out of 10 performance out of him. He is just such a competent player, um, especially at this level. Um, so I was, you know, I'm super happy to see him performing well. And I thought he was magnificent. Uh, probably... Well, other than obviously Sakamoto's goals are great and he'll, he'll get Starman, of course. But other than him, Latibodier was the, the by far the best player on the pitch for me. Breaking up play, composed. His passing was a joke during the game. Um, he just seems to find a little bit of extra space as well. He also seems to be able to get an extra touch, which a lot of players in central midfield, when you're playing that role as the defensive midfielder, sometimes, especially the way Sheffield Wednesday sort of pressed us, you can... You can lose time, but he seems to find a little bit of extra time the whole he game. He doesn't try and do things that isn't within his ability either. He doesn't no. try and play a 90-yard pass. The opposite he to Josh Eccles. <laughs> yeah, no, and this is the thing, right? And we, I know sometimes those passes are on, you're screaming it to go out wide, but that's how that's how we've lost so much possession through this season when, when you know, Jamie Allen is trying to play a pass that he just hasn't got in his locker or, you know, even O'Hare at, at times does it and, and, and Palmer. But... Latimer doesn't do that, you know. If it's not on, he doesn't. He doesn't do it, and I think it's just a really good sign of a real mature, you know, professional footballer. I said honest. to Ross during the game, like with him and Eccles in there, it feels like they both sort of think like they've got to replace Sheaf 
but they don't have to like just play your own game yeah and what we had out there was more than enough to you know take down sheffield wednesday um just be competent in what you do well and and, and know, we've got that attacking free now you know you've got that that o'hare um you've got sakamoto so you're not as reliant i don't think as you were, were on those middle two yes but whereas early in the season we had that middle two and they were both trying to defend and become attacking midfielders and they couldn't do that. Whereas Eccles has come on leap, you know, leaps and bounds this season, but actually when he doesn't have to try and play those balls, he just focuses on winning it or intercepting it and then giving it fairly simple because he's got options in front of him. He's not losing it as much as he was, to, you know, towards the start of the season. There's no pressure really to, you know, be that attacking threat. You've got players who could do that. Instead, just do what you do well, get the ball to them, and then be the backup when needed. You know, it's it's pretty simple stuff. It's not it's not rocket science football at um, the majority of the times. But there's I just thought, a, much know, more cohesion, isn't there, yeah. between the, the partnerships around the, the the pitch is the the biggest thing you can see. Like the yeah, you know, the central defensive pair, um, the, you know, the down the right hand side, the Sakamoto and Van Avak, for example. You can mm, see that's really really, really tight, developing. isn't it? But yeah. you see the same with Bidwell and, and Hadji Wright, you know, and, and yeah. O'Hare linking those up. I mean, we look like a bunch of strangers, which we were at the start of the season because of all the new players. But you, you suddenly look at it and you go, yeah, you can really, even if we're not playing our best, there's enough of an, an understanding there for us to be able to find those moments, find that. I think we've also sort of rolled our sleeves up a little bit. I think people were looking around at the start of the season a bit, being a bit, not just sorry for themselves, but looking at who was going to step up. And now actually you've got players like Hadji Wright. I know... You know, I think um, Oggy slated him, you know, at Sunderland and to say that how, you know, Patrick Roberts was absolutely tearing him a new one. But actually, he is tracking back much, much more. He's, you know, he's making runs where he wouldn't have perhaps made runs. And it's the same for everyone. I don't think people are looking around as much and going, OK, well, who's going to take charge of this? Who's going to step up? I think there's that much more. Just the changing room, I think. The changing room camaraderie has just got, you know, I will work for that other player or I will try and get behind that that other, um, you know, that fullback to to give an option, to give some 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 pass. Whereas I don't think we're always doing that at the, at the start. And um, it, it clearly shows. There's, there's two, belief, two, isn't there? two things there I want to pick you up on. Oggy's comments were <laughs> a joke, like well over the top. I didn't Patrick hear Roberts, right? And I'm thinking Patrick Roberts takes the piss out of, Pretty much ninety nine percent of I mean, this if, division. If you could make a signing out of that that game, and it wasn't perhaps O'Hare, um, you know, it, it probably would have been Patrick Roberts. Yeah. You know, from a, from an impact sub point of view, if you could do something like that, because he was just very gifted. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously Clark as well in that game. But yeah, I so I thought that was over the top. But secondly, looks like those trips to Mega Bowl have really worked well, haven't they? With the with the cohesion, the team spirit, those those connections, and you're absolutely right. Both sides of the pitch look really, really good at the moment, and the two centre halves are, you know, just seem to be a class above most of what we've we've seen coming up against us recently. My concern with them two is that they seem to be giving the ball away way too often, and that's that's my only sort of real concern Who? with, with the centre backs. Yeah, Kitchen and Thomas. Yeah, yeah but, they're, but they're trying to do the right, but they're. Well, yeah, my, but is it the right counter thing argument to me? You get a free be, pass in uh, front of you and he's trying to go for a diet. Well, no, di not, not ball. necessarily, but then I, I'd rather, I would rather that than what we had at the start of the season where the, all they did was play that safe Pump. sideways pass back to, fat, yeah. fat, and, and we went absolutely nowhere. They, they try, they're trying to do it and they're not going to pull it off every time. Otherwise, it wouldn't be playing for us to be playing, you know, but they're trying to do the right thing. I agree. I think it's, 
they need to try and get the percentages. More I suppose it's of... a time and a place, isn't it? Yeah. When you're yeah. when you're feeling the pinch and the pressure's on, and you give that ball away, that's when you know that's when you can start to get overrun. Um, yeah, maybe if you tune it up, then. But I do also agree because the whole thing with football, it's, you know, it's eleven men against eleven men. You've got to either beat a man or cut some players out of the that phase of play to be able to progress to score a goal right that's that's generally how you do it because if if not everyone would just be man for man and and, and whatever so you do have to take risks of course to do that but I just think it's sometimes Thomas but Kitchen especially I do think we're taking unnecessary risks at times to try and play what would be you know defined as a World Cup willy pass when when it doesn't always need to be played uh, there's there's a two a two sided coin on it. Isn't it's a good there? job he can defend it's though, difficult. and I think that I think they're both very very good defenders. And uh, well, they do win it back. To be fair, they when back. they give it away, yeah. And, and and you know, and again, I think that's the, how many goals we've seen now in recent times where Kitchen brings it out, and then again for the first goal, which we'll talk about now, he he brings it out, plays it out wide to you know him stepping up with the ball. Whereas we didn't that do that earlier on the season. People like Binks and that just stood there and they just knock it straight back to the other centre back and didn't want to run forward with it. He runs forward, plays it out to Haji right. He chalk and cheese to earlier on the season, stands his defender up, knocks it past him, pulls it back, and Sakamoto with a lovely finish. I was, uh, I was gonna say, how, how do you know? Because you were in the piss out, right? No, I was, I was, I was, the guy was making me wait for my burgers, so then I heard the roar and I sprinted up. But, uh, but yeah, no, d- brilliant, um, brilliant move. And again, that's, I mean, you can pick apart obviously the finish from Sakamoto, but had you right, that, that's what we want to see him doing, him backing himself. I think there's that real belief in not only themselves, but in each other. Um, and it was, it was a lovely finish, wasn't it? He did it three times during the game versus Palmer, and um, he hadn't got a clue what was going on most of the time. Um, I, the pity for me, I think, in the game is that we didn't do it enough. Like, we didn't attack their fullbacks enough, really. It just sat a bit samey going through the middle of the park a little bit too much. And then when we did get on the wings, we, you know, we made something out of it. And I think if we'd have just hammered that even more, I mean, you look at that first half, Sakamoto, you know, more chops than a than a butcher's against that guy. Um, it was just incredible to see, but we just stopped doing it, especially second half. We just didn't get the ball out wide enough, enough, like to to cause them more problems. That's why it felt probably a little bit haphazard second half because we didn't do it. And then, you know, we got the fruits of it through the first goal. Did, did you feel in that first half, the biggest thing, you know, we, we talked about it, didn't we, Dean, at the time, everything felt pretty fluid. You know, we had O'Hare. He didn't have necessarily his most impactful game, but he was he's a very fluid player. So is, you know, Sakamoto. Wright looks quite sort of graceful when he's running. I don't know. Godden wasn't in it much. and It felt like we were missing. And then when he did try and get involved, we spoke at the time about how it feels like it takes one more touch than is what's probably needed for that move. And it just felt like he was... I don't know, just out of it a little bit. And obviously with Ellis Sims, although you know, people look at his goals and point to that he's only scored in one game this season, but but he does give you that physicality, doesn't he? He gives you something in that lone striker role. I don't know whether he ultimately is more suited for that. Godden had two touches in that first half, was it? Something like that. One of them was a, a misplaced pass and the other one was a miscontrol. It's not It's not enough. When we were, when we were in the ascendancy in that first half, he just didn't do enough for me. He had 11 touches all match. Just just a really, really poor performance, well, I thought. Well, 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 I guess the thing, the question would be, in that first half when we were completely dominant, that's when you'd like to think that your striker is, is going to be, hopefully get more chances or be involved more than when we're sort of up against it. Um, and it just felt like 
Yeah, I don't want to like be too critical of him, but it just felt like he just wasn't in it, was he, Dave? And it sort of it, it felt like it sort of bypassed him a little bit. You know, everything was going on around him, and he sort of didn't know where exactly he fitted. It seemed. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a difficult one. I mean, there's got to be that rotation because it's a really busy fixture list, and that's going to happen for the throughout the season. You know, if you're going all the way down to Plymouth on Valentine's Day, can you get back up for a game? You know, so you're going to have to keep doing that. Um, but uh, it's just not, it isn't enough, not showing enough, is he? And I think he's starting the attributes that he, you know, I don't know what a 10 yard sprint would be between him and swim Sims, but I think it'd be quite close if that makes sense. But then when you add a defender into that with the physicality and, and that, then, then Sims probably wins that, that race. Um, I don't know. It's, it's very difficult to, to sort of put my finger on why he's not, not involved at all and why the game is bypassing him. I don't know if it's if it's a pace of of that since O'Hare has come into the game and Hadji Wright is, you know, and, and Sakamoto and maybe that that's what it is. Or, you know, is everyone else correct that, that loves Gordon saying that he's pulling defenders and making spaces for the other one? It's it's a it's a difficult argument to have because you can't really have you know, I'd say O'Hare's a bit of a luxury player, but actually um, or, or Wright, I'd say Hadji Wright is probably our biggest luxury player. Um, all right, he's shown a bit defensively, but he's not showing, you know, he's not that defensive, right? Whereas actually, I was a bit unfair, O'Hare does work like his, you know, works his socks off and gets back into games. So you can't have too many of those players. And if you're talking about someone that only has 11 touches, then you're probably looking at someone like uh, Ibrahimovic, right? That doesn't always have to do anything in a game, but then gets the bike out once, and he, he, you know, in, in the last minute, and it and it scores. You walk away with all three points. I, I'm not sure that Godden is is going to have enough chances to be able to to do that. You know, we all know he's a prolific goal scorer, um, but there just needs to be a bit more. It, it it's a bit of a concern, I think. I was really interested because I saw someone mention about um god and dragging defenders out wide and stuff look at his heat map compared to the two central defenders his is all through the middle the two central defenders is very wide so they're actually being dragged out by the wide players rather than the, the forward which should give him more space to move into himself and get into position of you know good chance chances to, to score basically but he just wasn't there like he had one touch in the box all game for a striker, that's not good enough for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Stunned in silence there. Stunned, uh, stunned into silence, um, yeah. Stunned. Absolutely stunned. <laughs> You're right, Ross. Yeah, no, I've got, I thought you, you just couldn't believe what I was in. saying. Saying something was, coherent for once, no, maybe. Like, he, sends, he sends me to sleep, Dean. No, um, <laughs> but, but no, let's go to the second half then. So, um, you know, Sheffield Wednesday did put a bit of pressure on. There was that gold mouth scramble right in front of us, Dean, where it was sort of... I had to watch it back a couple of times to work out who actually cleared or, or blocked it. You know, there seemed to be a two or even three attempts at goal. But other than that, we, again, you sort of back us defensively now. I, I guess that was the biggest thing earlier on in the season. It felt like, it felt like, yes, fine margins, but it also felt like that we were just going to succumb to the pressure. And I think in recent games, leads away, you know, Southampton, you know, we've shown that actually that, that partnership, that back four now, everyone looks so much better in that back four. Van Abak, you back in one, every single one-on-one -on -one duel. Bidwell been fantastic. And then you can take him off, bring De Silva on. And he just, you know, just carries on where Bidwell left off sort of thing. And the two centre-backs, as we've said, very, very good. And Collins, when when asked questions of, 
made a, made a couple of smart saves. And then obviously we went up the other end and did to Sheffield Wednesday what teams have probably done to us in, in, in recent times. And, uh, you know, moment of quality, Casey Palmer getting an assist and Sakamoto, I mean, just cutting inside and just pinpoint, just bending it into the far corner. It was a delightful finish, Dave. And uh, that takes him to four goals for the season. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's really... You can see that trust. We always say that say this with Robbins. You know, he, he was very reluctant to play him for more than 20 minutes at the start of the season. Now he's playing the whole match. He backs him. He looks like he, he's up for the challenge physically. And technically, there's never been any question marks, really. But he's uh, his his end product is certainly um, coming to the fore, isn't it? I think it's um, also about him finding his role in the team. You know, he didn't know what that was at the start of the season. He didn't know if he was going to be a right back or a, or a winger. And he's kind of now, it's very obvious, you know, what his role is. And that's given him the confidence to to take players on more. Um, you know, he wasn't shooting at the start, but I think he's just, it's a confidence. He's clearly looks like a confidence player to me. And he wasn't getting enough minutes on the pitch to be able to even get himself probably fully up to speed. There's a lot of changes, you know, um, not been to Japan myself, but very different to Sutton, I'd imagine. So like, you know, there's a lot that he's been probably dealing with and, and changes as well as the football style. It's a lot more physical probably than what he was he was used to. Um, and it's sort of feels like he's just sort of come of age a little bit and something's, you know, a, a switch has flicked and, and he's now happy to take shots and, you know, he's got a wicked left foot. He links up really well. I think Dean's probably going to say it, but O'Hare is another big part of probably why he's he's improved because you've got someone that is also one a little bit more on the same wavelength as him, um, but also able to keep up with him in that sort of one touch moving and and, and passing. Um, whereas I think, you know, we said it before, we had such a gap in the midfield. He was very isolated out there. So he could do his chopping all he wanted, but he didn't have those sort of intricate passes that he could play. Um, just very good player, isn't he? And uh, I think he's become a very firm fan's favourite. Ross has been giving me pouters because I said he was going to be flop of the season. Mm. But Not I'm just you. I'm glad you said it, Dave. We didn't know what his position was. I don't think he knew what his position was. And that was on the basis of, of that, basically. Um, I want to say yeah, Wardy, to... I want to say you, Wardy and Matt Trutwin all said Sakamoto in the preview pod as flop of the season. So on the basis, we didn't know where he was going to play. Yeah. Because yeah, if we were like, going to play the same system, then he doesn't fit into no, you, it at all. Well, the other thing you think about with that system is it's mad now when you see the link up on that right-hand side. Van Abak overlapping him. He can cut in. Defenders don't have a clue what's going to go, what's happening. O'Hare then dropping into that, make that little triangle. That that just wouldn't happen with the, the, the five at the back. Because, but it should you know, do. Like we said, like, that's, that's what though, should happen. Because, because obviously we've only got this one, one person can play at the right wing back. But so then if you play the two behind the striker, yes, of course, you, you it should have been dragged more, them but out. It, it, it just never seen that way. You know, I've never seen the two, I've never seen Bidwell so high up. I say this to Dean every time, you know, in a back five, when you think you've got the freedom, mate, to get up, you'd barely see him over the halfway line. And we go to a back <laughs> four and you can't, it's like you hardly see him in your own defensive uh, half. It's mad, it's mad. But uh, it was a great, great finish from him. And yeah, I mean, he's starting to go from strength to strength and hopefully he can uh, keep those goals going. I mean, like, look, just, Quick question, who do you think will finish with more goals um, out of Sakamoto and O'Hare this season? Oh, difficult. I think that is, does that... probably just, just, maybe. What happens if O'Hare leaves in the uh, the next 30 days? Do you think he will? No, I think he signs a new contract. Yeah, they're here I, first, everybody. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a, I've got an inkling it's, it's pretty much there. Yeah. 
And how long do you think that will be? I think it'll be a two-year deal. I don't think it'll be a long-term thing because the injury thing will play a, a part in that. And that's why he hasn't been offered a contract. I mean, everyone's going, oh, why haven't we offered him a contract? Because you don't know how players are going to return from an ACL. Mm. Like, it's one of the hardest injuries, if not the hardest injury for a footballer to come back from. So you can't give him a contract on the basis that he could do a Jody Jones and be out again with another snap. You know, it's very easy for one ACL to turn into another quite quickly. So I I actually applaud the club for not doing it because we could have been left in a situation where we're paying someone maybe four, fourth or fifth highest owner at the club money for be sitting on the bench where it could be used elsewhere. Whereas now he's come back, he looks stronger, fitter than ever before. Um, we can now offer him a deal and, you know, Hopefully, there'll be a bit of a two-way situation there as O'Hare, you know, we've protected him for and got him through this period. Maybe he'll look for a little bit of loyalty from us and we look for some from, from him as well. So, I think uh, I'm not too worried in regards yeah. to that contract happening. Fingers crossed. I'll get him out of the match then from you both. I'll start with you, Dave. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Sakamoto. But I thought there was some really good performances all round. And it's just nice to see the team as a unit. Um, you know, bodies on the line at times. I don't think we saw that at the start of the season. We we're starting to see that now, and uh, you know, it's it's probably a big reason why we've we've picked up so many points. And you, uh, Dean? Yeah, I think it has to be Tats, but a big shout out for for Lats as well. Okay, so the Sky Blues are back in action. Uh, another two fixtures coming thick and fast, starting on uh, Friday the 29th, uh, again at the CBS, Swansea City, uh, well, still managerless Swansea City, coming uh, to the CBS on the back of a, a thumping 5-0 um, defeat away at their old manager, Russell Martin, Southampton, before the Sky Blues travel up uh, to play Middlesbrough on New Year's Day. Um, looking at these two fixtures, um, Dean, obviously Swansea first, you, you know, got to be hopeful, you know, with the form that we've shown, with the teams that we've been playing against, that we can... We, there's nothing to stop us picking up another couple of positive results. Absolutely not, but beware of the wounded animal, as they say, after that 5-0 defeat from, from Southampton on, on Boxer Day for Swansea. And they were, were awful that day. I've watched back the extended highlights because, you know, I'm a, an absolute football nerd, but they were pretty poor defensively all over the shop. You'd like to think that we've got our fair share of attacking threat now that we can, you know, do a job on these. Um, and I think we should go in to this game with a lot of confidence. Swansea only only three clean sheets as well in the league this year, so they ship in goals for fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, you know, for once I'm going into a game against Swansea looking as us being the favourites um, against really one of our bogey sides as well. And I look back at that 3-3 draw last season, it just really annoys me still uh, how we threw that away. So we show we can go up against them. But we obviously just need to be wary of their threats as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm positive going into this one. And Dave, you know, when we look at Swansea, I mean, obviously that defeat, they, they beat Preston the game before on the, on the 22nd of December. Um, they've been very inconsistent, inconsistent since the start of November, really. Only the two wins, four draws in there. Um, it's difficult to know what to expect, really. Obviously, Michael Duff, I felt at the time it was sort of quite surprised that he he lost his job based on the results in terms of the fans' perception of him. I think the writing was on the wall. But what what, what are you sort of expecting from them? Because in my head, I've still got the sort of Russell Martin passes to death sort of you know ingrained in my mind. But it, it it's probably going to be a different Swansea City uh, proposition for us. 
Yeah, and I think, like you say, the results, but the teams that they were playing were not expected to do much this, this season. So your Rotherham's, Huddersfield's, and that they probably would have been expected to get points against those teams. Greer Dean coming off the back of a 5-0 loss um, is, you know, they, they, they could really sort of try and come out and be resilient. But if you get an early goal, and that's what, you know, we start games fast. Um, we've started them even faster. I think this recently, if we can get an early goal, then people will start to look around at others and say, you know, deja vu, what's going on here? Who's who's going to, you know, get us out of this mess? And that's when goals start to, to go in because people just stop tracking their man. They don't know, you know, I think that's what we've got to do. If it, the longer it goes on, I think the more they'll, they'll grow in confidence and possibly grind out a result. But if we can get something early, then I think they'll fold. They will like to keep possession um, as, as, as normal. We know, I think that's in, not just on the manager, that's sort of the, the Swansea heritage, but in relation to how much possession they keep, they're one of the worst performing teams in the division for, for what they create out of it. So I don't think we need to be worried about having the fair share of possession in this one. We have showed in previous games, the likes of Sutherland, where they had more possession. Even the Leeds game, obviously, they had way more possession than us, that we can, you know, go up against these teams and, and come out with, with, a, with a result. So I wouldn't be too worried in, in that regard. Uh, I think we just need to be patient. If we're patient enough, chances will come. Um, and I don't think they're good enough at the back to, to deal with what we've got. So... Um, yeah, I'm optimistic. And obviously, you know, team news-wise, it's obviously only been three days uh, since the Boxing Day fixture. Um, is there any change you anticipate? Of you know, obviously, we're we're waiting to to see if uh, Liam Kitchen's red card will be overturned or not. Or, I don't or, think or... that will be done before Swansea no, anyway. So, no, so... I think I agree. And also, I don't think it will be overturned. Also, agree. Um, I mean, the whole thing is absolute madness. He hasn't done anything wrong, from what we can see. Um, but you know that's just the way the sort of the the FA work in regards to rescinding red cards it, because they both got red carded. Um, they would feel that it's it's unjust to just do one basically. Um, so that's that's their thinking. So I don't think that will be overturned. Um, unfortunately. Uh, but you know I've heard a lot of people say about the kitchen situation. What's he getting involved for? Well, what else is he supposed to do? Like yeah. the guy. Comes and headbutts him in the face. Yeah. Like, why is he getting involved? I'm sorry, you don't choose not to be headbutted. You know what I mean? Like, it happens. Like, he's, he's standing his ground. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. preposterous for people to say that it's like his fault for getting involved. He's not involved at all. Like, it's just, it's preposterous. It, it is mad. I mean, the only thing I would say is that you don't often hear Mark Robbins like that. He normally is very much, I'd sort of expect him to come out and be like, it is oh, what it is. It's a bit naive. It is what it is. You know, we move on and we're, we're going to lose him now for three games and, and sort of accept it. For him to come out and be so adamant, that tells me he has to, because Marov is always under promise, over deliver. For him to come out and sort of be like that, he must have seen something that to him is sort of, you know, complete evidence that he doesn't do anything. And, I don't know. I think I, I think as I suppose it, you know you're interviewed after the game, pretty much straight after. He's he's clearly seen it, and I think maybe he's just you know I don't know. Probably feels like a lot of us. It's just like what a like how frustrating that we put in all of these really good performances. We're we're on we're high flying, and he's a large part of of why that's happened. And maybe the realization of the fact that we're going to lose him for something that feels unjust. Um, so I don't know. I I don't know. It's not like 
the unflappable Mark Robbins to not be, but I kind of feel like he might have just got, you know, just as frustrated as as, as everyone on the terraces were. He went pure squeaky Mark Robbins, didn't he? In that, in that interview. <laughs> Vintage squeak. <laughs> Proper squeak. You, so, okay, so going on the assumption that, you know, it, it, it's not overturned at all, let alone for the Swansea game, so you didn't, what were we thinking, Louis Binks to come in? Yeah, I think so. I think he was very unlucky to be dropped anyway. Um, and obviously we fell upon the the, the Kitchen Thomas relationship and it's worked really well. But um, yeah, I, I would expect Binks to come in because you can't have fads in a four. Like it's just, no. especially against someone like Jerry Yates, who's going to pull you apart, you know, pace wise. Um, I think fads would be found out a little bit more um, in in this type of game, whereas Binks has got a little bit of pace about him. Um, oh, wow. A little bit more than fads anyway. So um yeah, I think this will tell you where Fads is in Mark Robbins's reckoning. So, you know, they've got a brilliant relationship. He obviously thinks the world of, of Fads and clearly because he's, he sort of shoehorned him in wherever he possibly could. And I suppose it's, this is the, whether the, the change of the guard has officially happened or not. And I think you'll see that. I think personally, a lot of me thinks he'll do anything to get him back in. He just hasn't had a chance to do that. Um, but but at the same time, he's got a big chance to sort of set his stall now. And and I think you're right. You know, Binks didn't do anything massively wrong to to be dropped. Um, but I just think it's the it's almost feels like the million dollar question. And you know, Mark Robbins will 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 play at his hand. I and, think the change we'll of the guard is happening, Dave. You can see that from from the videos. Fads and Kelly, I think they're both sort of the leaders off the pitch now. Yeah. Um, especially at the end of games, like coming on, they're like they're them two are the first on the pitch to congratulate the team, get behind them, etc., push people into the stands or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think the change in the guard is happening. And Matty Godden as well, you know, he at the start of the season he would Robbins would do anything but take him off. Yeah, he yeah. seemed absolutely happy to take well, him off. He can't he know, can't start on. this game, Godden on the based on the, if you're going by performances, he cannot start this game from what happened on Boxing Yeah, and Day. rotation and all of that stuff. I, I'd agree. Like, so what would you go then? So Louis Binks in Sims to start and then who, would Sheaf come back in? I think if Sheaf, if, I mean, Sheaf's gash on his head is, is pretty nasty from a picture that I saw on WhatsApp. Um, so... Um, did, he, did he send you that, did he? No, no unfortunately <laughs> not. No, no, I, got, I saw it on someone else's phone. But um, he, um, he's been told he couldn't play. That game was too early for, you know, for the stitches, etc. Maybe I think this game might be a little bit too early for him as well. I think you might see him on on box uh, on New Year's Day rather than this day. I, I, if it feels like one that Robbins, uh, Sheffield Wednesday felt like one he could win, and he didn't need to risk like Sheaf, you know. Um, but Robbins will ask people to play if he if he if of he course, feels he yeah. needs them, you know. Yeah. Michael Doyle, you know. Played that game with his, half his legs hanging off, didn't he? When, when, when really he was in no fit state to play. So I think Robbins will, you know, be quite adamant if he needs someone in there to to get them in. But I think Sheffield Wednesday for sure. Don't know. Feel in like case he, could... he might be on the bench, then in that case, like just in case we need him. I would like to see him and Lats though together. I think that's 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 got the making of something for the time being as well. I think Alan might come back in and he might go Latterbodier and yeah, Alan. Alan as well, yeah. A bit um, more energy in the middle of the park. Just that energy grimes, yeah. I think O'Hare will start. I can't see any other changes, can you? I think it will go be bid well again. I can't I can't see Alan coming in for Eccles. You can't I don't know. I can't, no. He loves Jamie he loves Jamie Allen, Dave. He, he didn't does. even come on, did he? No, he didn't. So that's what I mean. I, I think I think he's gone three days later. 
Alan's yeah. ready ready to go. I mean, I, yeah. maybe yeah. I mean, it, again, that's the thing. Like the sensible approach maybe is that you know if 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 someone's played and it's only three days, like like you say, you know why not? If you got that depth and you got that squad rotation, and and also you think majority of the creativity is going to come from your O'Hares and your you know um, rights and stuff like that, then maybe maybe. We are going up against a very competent midfield in Fulton, Grimes, and Patterson in that in that triangle. You know they're you know they're seasoned vets at this level. Um, they know what they're doing. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on those three to to perform. So if you can get a bit of energy around them, then I think that's that's the way to 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 sort of beat Swansea. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Alan came in with you, us. Yeah. And uh, I'll get a prediction uh, for the game from you both, Dean. Uh, I think it'll be a one-nil victory. It might be, it might be a bit tense, but I think we'll we'll sort of manage it um, and 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 come out on top. What do you think, Dave? I'll take two-nil. Two-nil. I just hope I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're going on a a boost a boost <laughs> cruise basically uh, before this game. So we'll be see what hosting a boost cruise. Yeah. Well, yeah. With the other question, the Christmas is, drink up, isn't it? Yeah. Will Will Dave? The question for you is: Will Dean make the game? That's that's the question. What are you trying to oh, say? To... A thousand percent, it'll make. I'll it, make yeah. the game. Yeah. Might not remember. Never it. in I, doubt. I'm not like Ross Spence. Uh, you know, <laughs> one drinking down. You know. <laughs> um, and then, but hopefully we can get a win. I think it's a it's a good opportunity. It would, it would sort of round off, wouldn't it? There's really good, you know, point when it, where Ellen Road and beating Sunderland. If we could get you know, keep the home form um, going, and then obviously we travel up to our, our old favourite opponent, Middlesbrough, because again, um, who have been very up and down their fixtures. They started the season awfully, then they went on a tremendous run of winning like seven in a row, six or seven in a row, but they've had a really another poor sort of. Uh, a lot of the results, you know, losing to Rotherham, a couple of wins before that, three defeats before that. So, I mean, where where do you see them at, uh, Dean Middlesbrough? Do you see them as, you know, a, a team who are probably going to get the playoffs again? Or you know, how, how do you rate them? I think they'll be there or thereabouts, but they're absolutely ravaged by injury at the moment. I think they've got 11 first-team players on the, on the injury list, which is, you know, sounds like Coventry City at one point. Um, and their luck... But yeah, I you know they're still a very very competent side, um, and on their day they can they can beat absolutely anyone, um, and in Morgan Rogers they've got you know a match winner, um, so yeah we we've got to be absolutely on it, um, for for this trip to Middlesbrough, we obviously got some great memories against Middlesbrough recently, um, we are their bogey side it seems like their fans do not like us, um, for no reason other than. We seem to beat them every single time we play them, but um, yeah, I. It's very difficult to look at this one because obviously it's going to be dependent on what happens against against Swansea. We're recording this obviously before before that that game finishing. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a long way to go, isn't it? New Year's Day as well. That, I think that... that's why you know the emphasis is on the Swansea game. If we can get something, you know, three points from that, then there's not as much pressure. I don't think riding on on that and I think the group's gone away to some really tricky places and got results you know and and hopefully that momentum from Leeds and, and Sunderland just makes those away trips a little bit easier in a team's mind than perhaps what what they felt when they went away to Preston. Um, I do feel and, like and... sometimes we're set up to be much more of an away side than we are 
playing at home. We're definitely on the counter. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's that's a strength of ours. So you know, we've 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 got to utilize that as much as we can. And Middlesbrough got a tough trip to Huddersfield uh, on on Friday as well. So they're coming off the back of that one nil loss to Rotherham. So they have two defeats against two of the worst sides in this division. Then the pressure will be on from from the natives up there um, to to perform at home. So maybe we can take advantage of that as well. Who knows? How much can we, you know, does the uh, the game earlier on in the season at the CBS, the three 0 win, you know, how much can we take from that? Or I mean, we, yeah, we seem a very different side, don't we, to, to that that game? But is there anything you take from that, Dave? Or we we're, we're we're a much better team, I think, than yeah. than, than, than when we were there. Um, you know, the argument is, is is Middlesbrough, but I don't know. I think um, clearly looking at the teams they've been beat, you know, I can't go back and watch every game, but you know, whole. Hull are obviously, you know, a, de- a half decent this season. Rotherham, not so much. So you, it's, they're obviously not, they're probably not as, um, they're not where they were at the end of last season, put it that way, um, and are a beatable team. Um, I think there's there's plenty of opportunity to go there and get something. We also played a much better middle of the side at the CBS than what they'll be able to put out on, on New Year's Day. Yes. Uh, player-wise. So, um, yeah, it's... Obviously, the the odds are forever in our favour. It feels like, but um, it's um, it's always a tricky one. Um, and you know, they are expected to to challenge this year. Uh, they're probably in a bit of a false position at the moment, but that will be down to literally being hampered by by injury. It's interesting, isn't it? You look at the table and level and points with them. Obviously, going into the Swansea game, you know, and they had that that run of six wins in a row, which is something that I can't remember the last time we ever did that. But it just shows that. They'd be very inconsistent. They win a lot, but they lose a lot. Obviously, we, those draws we got, we, we've been a lot harder to beat than, than uh, Middlesbrough have. I mean, their recent home form, for example, you know, they beat West Brom uh, 1-0, which is a good result, but losing to Hull, losing to Ipswich, and then winning 4-0 against Preston. So it, it's one of those, isn't it? Is it depends who which side turns out the best on the day. And I guess a lot of it does depend on how we react with the potential sort of loss of kitchen against Swansea, and if we can win that game and look equally as good at the back, then I think we'd go there with the same level of confidence. The worry would be if we lost to Swansea and or, or defensively looked suddenly more shaky, could that then sort of seep into the in, into the Middlesbrough game? Because that back four has looked rock solid for us and everyone knows their job. If You feel comfortable watching it and suddenly just that one change, you just wouldn't... Uh, that's the only apprehension I have now is that relationship with between Thomas and... And Binks doesn't feel to me as I don't know who takes command there. I feel like when I watch Kitchen, he's that one yeah, taking the leader. That's a good point. And, and that's then... the only reason I feel like Fads could potentially come back in. That's the only reason I feel that Fads could potentially come back in, just because Mark Robbins trusts him over and above. But you know, physically, it's just it's streets apart, aren't they? But they are. They will be coming against Sam Silvera, who is um, really a winger playing at the top top end of the pitch. So I don't think it's going to be sort of like a an aerial bombardment or anything like that. They're going to obviously want to play through the lines to him a bit more. Mm. Um, so I think it's the pace thing that that frightens me um, mostly with this team, really. That's why I don't think, I just don't think Faz has got the legs to, to cope with that. He's just not a, you know, a player who can play as part of a two anymore. He's just, he's just not got it in, his, in him, unfortunately. And he's been a great servant, but we've kind of moved on it's like you know we're looking for players now that will have something about them pace wise as well at the back and I think what you said Dave about I think the Swansea game is going to say a lot 
of where, where he is. Um, I think he's already said quite a lot that he hasn't brought... I would have thought he would have brought him on in certain games when we, we've been winning recently to just throw an extra defender on to even go back to the back five. I, I thought Robbins would be absolutely adamant to try and squeeze that back five in somewhere in a game and get Fads on to try and see out the wins. But he hasn't even done that. He, he's He's been a new sub and I think that says a lot and that makes me wonder, actually, I think... Maybe he is not going to come in against Swansea, but I do. I do agree. I think that will show where he is in the pecking order, um, because he was always the guy who was sacrificed when we went to a back four earlier in the season. So it's clearly something that, obviously, yeah, I think is a is a weakness. But uh, it's going to be. Think, uh... I think just overall, if I can just say this before we, yep. we close, I think the next month is a real acid test test for the, for this club. We're three points off the playoffs. We've got games against Swansea, Middlesbrough, Leicester, obviously, will be a We could run occasion. away with it. I was just looking exactly the same. Sheffield Wednesday and Bristol, you know, all, they're all, even the Leicester game at home in a derby is a very, very winnable game. We could be in a much brighter position going into, you know, the, the business end of the season if we Agreed. get through this month. Yeah. yeah. In a really, you look at Millwall at home, yeah. right? Norwich away from home is difficult. We just said about, you know, going to different places. And, you know, if we've ground out a result against Leeds, is there any reason why we can't ground out a result against Norwich? I, I do see him as a bit of a bogey side going to Carrow Road. I don't ever really trust us to get get a result. But you do look at that that you know you do look at that fixture list and you think really we've got, we got a tough end. But before that, we've got real big opportunity. We need to sort of really push and cement our place in the top half if we're going to have any chance of making the playoffs. And how important, Dean? Do you have any inkling on what? Yeah, January could look like. He's saying this because I said something the other day. Don't don't no, no, look no, him no, as no, up. No, you said you have an inkling that O'Hare, you know, will sign a new deal. What what, what do you anticipate? Um, you know, what would you like to see? I guess in terms of incomings to really be able to sort of allow us to push on that extra next next step. There'll be a set. There will be a central midfielder coming into the football club. I'll put that. You know that that's it will definitely happen. I want to see that and a left left-sided attacker come in. Any names? I'm not throwing names out there because it will just come back to bite me on the ass. But <laughs> Ross, um, Ross knows something from uh, a friend of mine who works at the Athletic. Gave me a little inkling uh, in August about a deal we were trying to do, um, but I think we we sort of held back from from that because he only had a year left on his contract, and that's right. still the case. He hasn't signed a new deal. Plays in Germany. Uh, he's very, very okay. highly rated. Um, Process of elimination. So Let's yeah, go. plays yeah. in Germany. Come on, there, everybody, get on your transfermarket.co.uk. Bring your answers to the Scarlet's extra pub crawl. Find us. <laughs> yeah, um, and the go on. Give a few people a few things to go on. Even if it doesn't happen, Dean, we're not going to hold you to it. The same way we're not going to hold you to your flop of the season. I actually so can't on. even remember his name. Ross will probably know. Ross will know more than me. He, okay, he plays. Oh, right, is it Mines? He plays for Mines. He plays for Mines. <laughs> And Does he Brazil wear glasses? He's Brazilian. <laughs> Has he got blonde hair? <laughs> we'll be knocking down the air, uh, the little figurines before you know it. He plays for Mines, doesn't he? He's Brazilian, isn't he? It's not that Edison who everyone thought. We Was it Edison we were going to sign or yeah. someone from there? And, and his favourite colour is sky blue. So we get into that, <laughs> what you will. <laughs> uh, listen, I don't, it could be, uh, it's Leandro Barrero, um, if people haven't sort of, picked it up by now but um yeah highly rated sort of defensive midfielder i don't know if it's got more more legs since um since i heard it in august but um yeah there's potential there looks a really really competent player um so i'd like to see someone like of his mold come in might be a little bit um 
out of our range maybe at the moment, but um, who knows? Um, well, if he's only got six gonna, months left, you can't imagine him costing gonna, that much. Sure. It's going to be a very interesting month, though. Yes. I think around the whole of the, of the division, there's going to, I mean, look how many teams are sort of bunched up from, you know, the, you look at those last two playoff spots, fifth and sixth, are probably the ones that most people are going to be aiming for now. You'd say there's 12 teams involved in getting those two positions, and we are banging the mix. Um, a couple of months ago, we probably didn't think we were going to be in this position with, with the way things were going, but there's an opportunity there. Uh, maybe we have to grasp it. And to do that, with you know, it's going to take some some uh, some transfers in January. So I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, but I mean, if O'Hare was the only thing to happen in January, I think that would be a positive thing anyway. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, that's all we've got time for. I'll finish with your predictions for the Middlesbrough game. Uh, Dave? Oh, I'd love a one all draw. Yeah, I'm with that. 1-1. One, one. Yeah, 1-1. Yeah. One, one. So four points in the next two. Yeah, I think we'd all be... Pretty pleased with that. Um, but that is all we've got time for. Uh, Dean, Dave, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and make sure you get yourselves up to the CBS. Get yourselves to uh, the Sky Boots Tavern. We'll be there tomorrow for our Sky Boots Extra Pub Crawl. Um, if you're there and polite, then maybe Dave will get you a beer in. Um, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us as always. Make sure you follow us on social media. Um, and uh, thank you as, again to our sponsors, Dylan's Brewery and the Sky Blue Tavern. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.